Hey moms, was your dinner last night the leftover chicken nuggets from your kid's tray? Is your definition of self-care getting to close the door when you pee? If the only chance that you get for exercise are the squats that you do to pick up your kid's Legos, well then take a seat, mama. You're in the right place. I'm Corinne Crosley, psychotherapist, self-care enthusiast, and seriously imperfect mom of two kiddos. This is Mama Bites. Hello, moms. Thanks for tuning in to the Mama Bites podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining me today for our talk about boundaries. Today is uh, just me, just Corinne episode, um, because this episode has been buzzing in my ear for over six months now as we talk about boundaries. It feels like it's every single conversation that I have, whether it's in the the clinical sessions that I have via telehealth, or it's um, even in my personal um, life talking with people. Just the COVID environment um, makes boundaries such a constant issue and a constant topic of discussion. And I thought this... Um, this episode could be helpful in terms of supporting folks as they think about the boundaries that they set, as they navigate boundaries. It is not an easy landscape right now. Before we launch into today's episode fully, um, just a few points of business. I continue to be excited about my book coming out next May around Mother's Day, Self-Care for New Moms. Um self-care during your postpartum year. Still very excited about that. And um, I am also accepting new clients um, via telehealth. Telehealth has kind of changed everything and there will be actually an upcoming episode on telehealth. So for those of you who sort of sat back and have waited, whether you've been in therapy before and just feel like, oh, it's not going to be the same. I don't think it's really going to be helpful. I just want to be in the room with the person and and that that's not an available resource in your area or whether um, this might be your first rodeo in therapy um, and you're just thinking there's no way I can make this work. Um, stay tuned for the upcoming episode on telehealth and um, therapy. So um, off we go to boundaries. So um, I've been thinking about this show for a while, as I said, and finally I knew that I absolutely had to record this show because about a week ago, um, I was, I was dreaming along nicely, well, as far as I can remember, and all of a sudden, I had this moment where the dream was totally normal otherwise, but then someone went to give me a hug, and I'm actually somebody who's really pretty comfortable with physical affection or sort of even processing physical affection if it is, um, if it ever becomes uncomfortable, but in the dream the feelings that I had about this person actually giving me a hug, it was, it was literally a nightmare. Um, I became extremely anxious and, and instantly panicked actually, not even just anxious, but panicked. 
And so I woke up, you know, there's these moments as a therapist and, and I think probably um, as, <laughs> as non-therapists too, but there are moments that I woke up that we wake up from weird dreams and then used to say, oh, I know what that's about. <laughs> I got to go talk about that, uh, whether it's to my therapist or um, a trusted friend or to the listeners of the Mama Bites podcast. So just that being said, um, really thinking about boundaries and how this new environment of COVID is affecting us. Uh, a, co- uh, a hug would never have been featured in a nightmare except except as comfort. Um, and so, you know, the, the three points that we're going to really talk about are figuring out our own boundaries, where we stand and how to navigate that. Um, you know, sort of also addressing the very high school sense that I've been experiencing um, where it kind of, it feels like high school all over again, thinking about how our boundaries compare with other people's boundaries and how we're now constantly navigating this landscape of differing boundaries and differing mindsets that um, really create a tremendous effect. And then also the other sort of very high schooly feeling um, experience of everybody else is doing it, right? Like once we start comparing ourselves to others, what happens um, in our own minds about um, FOMO, you know, fear of missing out or actually missing out um, and how we handle that if that's something that's consistent with our boundaries. So here we are, (laughs) moms, maybe moms of littles, maybe moms of older kids, and it feels like we're, we're back in high school all over again with this situation. We're trying to figure out where we stand. Um, you know, all of us, all of us, literally all of us have different boundaries. Even if you're mostly on the same page with somebody else, be it your partner, be it a family member, be it your very best friend, at the same time, there's just going to be little intricacies where we differ. And so that can be really challenging and figuring out where our boundaries are is always difficult. Um, there's always a trade-off and it really requires really looking inside us with what our level of comfort is with a certain interaction. Um, you know, we can see this really um, with, you know, whether we're meeting up with somebody outside, um, what's comfortable in that situation? Do we wear masks outside? Do we wear masks until we're a certain amount of feet apart? Um, you know, it, it really, there are, there are clear guidelines that we're being given in many cases. And then, um, there's what people are comfortable with. And so figuring out where we are can be really difficult because I think also something that comes up is we try to figure out where we are permanently. Like this is how it is. This is how it's going to be. And when I'm working with people who feel very stressed over this situation, I invite them to consider 
maybe it's just about figuring out where you are today. That it's okay to have your boundaries just for today. This is an ever-changing landscape. And so your boundaries can be expected to flex and to change. But you just need to figure out where you are for today or for this week or whatever sort of short-term period that feels manageable to you. You don't need to put extra pressure of like, okay, this is how it is, right? And also to understand that um, our perception or our prediction of how it's going to feel in a certain situation is usually vastly different than how we actually feel. Um, My fabulous supervisor uh, has a number of sort of things that she says um, or quotes that she says. And um, this is one of them. She, she says, we're, we're very poor predictors of how we're going to feel in a given situation. And we are. So, you know, we can sit at home and predict that when we go to venture out to our best friend's house for the first time in six months, and we're going to stand outside on the lawn and the kids are going to wear masks and socially distance and play that we can imagine that we're going to feel comfortable only in that situation. And so when we come to that exact situation, we might not have predicted that we're going to feel extremely anxious, even though everybody's following all the rules, respecting all the boundaries, doing all the things that we expect would comfort us, we might still feel incredibly anxious. Or we also might feel more comfortable than we thought we would, that we see that the kids really can't manage the masks, but they can manage the distance. And so we can't imagine while we're sitting at home that we would have felt comfortable with that change. And yet here we are in this situation and it feels okay to us. It doesn't feel scary. It doesn't feel like something is about to go wrong, that something's about to get transmitted from one child to another. And so that has really put me in mind of how we talk to high schoolers or middle schoolers or whatever age we're educating now about like going to a party where there's substances where we really don't want our kids partaking and how we talk to them about it. And the realities of that situation is sometimes we're going to go to the party when we're in high school and we're going to assume that, you know, there's going to (laughs) be really overt substance use that's going to feel really scary and then it's going to be really easy to stay away from that, right? But that just isn't the case. It doesn't feel as scary when we're there. And so, you know, maybe our child comes home or a high schooler comes home or we find out that there were substances at that party that we were horrified and scared about and that our child says to us like it was no big deal I I didn't feel like I had to do it or whatever and now we're sort of freaking out like you should have known you should have known you should have gotten out of there right away And yet that's kind of the reality of the situation. That's how it feels a lot of the time in these situations. Now, how we address the party situation is totally different in terms of our high schooler or whenever our kids get there. But just to acknowledge that, you know, 
we we can set these boundaries at home, but really we're needing to adjust in the real world. And that's okay to make adjustments. When you make adjustments later, you might feel extremely anxious. In the moment, it might feel okay. But after you go out and do things and challenge your boundaries or use your boundaries or flex your boundaries in the wild, in the real world, know that you're probably going to be really pretty anxious afterwards. If you tend towards anxiety, that's going to come up. That doesn't mean you made the wrong decisions. It just means that this is a big deal and it's a big deal to you and things that are a big deal tend to make us anxious and that you don't need regret or self-flagellation or the things that we do when a lot of the time we're anxious about a decision we've already made. Probably what we need is comfort and compassion and kindness And so when you start to feel that anxiety, you know, to be curious, did I really put myself into danger? Did I do anything to put my um, family in danger? Really, really, really. Not what my feelings say, but really, is my risk any higher Um, or as significant as my anxiety is saying? And, you know, either way, if that's the case, the indication is for us to be nice to ourselves rather than to beat up on ourselves. Even if there are lessons to be learned, we don't have to do that with self-cruelty or any of the things that we tend to do when we worry that we've made a wrong decision. So that is sort of thinking about our own boundaries and and those pieces that will change and just setting them for the right now. Also, they don't have to all be perfectly in line, right? The last one I kind of want to say on our own boundaries is accept that there will be things that we each do that may contradict with something else. You may set a boundary with this person who is, you know, this level of risk, but you meet them and we only meet outside and um, we're going to be sitting, not standing, you know, like whatever boundaries you decide. And then you might decide to be with someone else that on paper is a higher risk, but you feel differently about that person. Just be curious about that. That's okay. Your boundaries don't have to be perfect. You just get to decide where they are again, um, especially as we continue to attune our boundaries as we move along this situation, they're going to change and eventually they're probably going to contradict. That's fine. They don't have to be perfect. You get to decide what they are. So we're going to now move on to... Uh, the next sort of component in this this sort of like high schooly vibe um, piece about the boundaries and our setting our boundaries is other people's boundaries. We're constantly scanning the environment for how we compare to other people, and that you know, especially in the eating disorder field, I think we we often disparage that. That's really unhelpful. Um, you know, in in uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, I almost said CBT, but 
for folks who, who aren't um, necessarily in the therapy world. I don't like to do that. Um, I like to use the full terms. In cognitive behavioral therapy, we talk about them being unfair comparisons that we really kind of disparage comparisons. But the fact is, you know, we have evolved from tribal creatures, right? We were safest, humans were safest in tribes. And so it became a really important skill to be able to compare ourselves to others because if we weren't fitting in with the tribe, that could be a deadly situation to us. And so just to accept that that's something we're especially going to be doing this in this very anxiety-laden situation of COVID. Um, In many cases, it feels like it's life or death, right? There are cases where there is a situation where this is life or death. And so we need to be comparing ourselves and just knowing where everybody um, stands. So it's okay. It's normal. It's natural to be comparing our boundaries to other people's boundaries. That being said, as we tend to compare, we're going to judge. And so other people's boundaries won't necessarily make sense. Heck, our own boundaries are going to be contradictory to one another. We're going to set one boundary that makes sense in one arena, and then that same boundary won't make sense in a separate arena. And that's the case for every person. And so we might look at other people's boundaries and really have a strong instinct to judge. Geez, they do this thing in this area. Why are they doing this area? Why are they doing this thing in this other area? It won't necessarily make sense to you, but really thinking about do those, does this person's boundaries differ from mine? How do we negotiate that? And are there ways that I can be an ally to the boundaries that they set? <clears throat> this can be a difficult one, especially if someone is being more boundaried than you might be. You might feel self-conscious about that. Um, we all have our own feelings. Some examples of that might be you might have really different boundaries than your child's favorite playmate. And so can we begin to have conversations about that? Uh, Are there ways that we can feel safe with family members who have different boundaries than us? Or in one of the most challenging situations, a lot of the time, um, when our partner has different boundaries than we do, how do we sit down and manage that? So much of what we're doing in terms of boundary setting is on the fly. Um, As we come into situations, as our boundary setting evolves, we're going to have to make decisions quickly and it would be very easy to be very hard on ourselves about those situations. And so whatever helps us slow down, take a breath, and decide what we're comfortable with in any given situation with any given person. And so, you know, one thing COVID might have afforded us at this point is a little bit of slowing down time so that we aren't necessarily going a million miles an hour. And can we slow down enough to say, actually have a conversation with someone like, Hey, um, do you mind if we talk on the phone or let's text about this? And 
I have to let you know, um, these are the things that we're doing for right now. And, um, can you be, can you be with us or, um, meaning can you be with us emotionally or supportive of us in these boundaries? And it's okay if people are not in the same place as you, and it's okay to make decisions and sort of take a pause. Um, I've had, uh, a couple of different situations where, um, I'm fair, you know, it depends on how you would define it. I think we're pretty boundaried in, um, our little family, but there are certainly friends that we have that are less boundaried than we are. And we have friends that are more boundaried than we are. And, um, even not seeing a friend in a while and starting to arrange plans and then having that friend say, you know, we're just not ready for that level of exposure and saying to them, absolutely, we totally understand. And thank you. I'm proud of you for setting these boundaries. Just let us know when you're ready and um, we'll see if we are in the same place at that point too. So when we can be an ally for each um, each other in boundary setting. This is also a great model for our kids, showing them, look, you can have different limits and boundaries. I can have different limits and boundaries, and we can still have a good connected relationship. Or if you know one person starts bullying the other in their situation with boundaries, then this might be the opportunity to say, you know what. I need to step away for a little while and that's not the way that um, I need support or want to be treated right now. So I'm going to take a pause from this relationship. Again, this is very easy thing to say and not necessarily easy thing to do at all, especially if those folks who were feeling bullied by in terms of boundary differences might be Um, a close loved one, or maybe even somebody that we've counted on in the past uh, to help with caregiving for our children. And that can be an incredibly difficult situation. This is already a difficult situation on so many levels with COVID. But when there's differences in what caregivers believe and level of risk, unfortunately, we have to assess all over again you know, what can I tolerate? What do I feel like are my risks? And um, can I negotiate with this person? And if so, what steps do I need to take? And if not, what steps I need to take? These are really difficult things. And when we're doing them, it requires so much self-care because it is a lot of work and it can be very tiring and there are disappointments and there are frustrations. And so what can we be doing? What are the things that we need to do for ourselves to sustain that level of work that feels so present all the time right now in this COVID environment? The last point that I just want to hit too is you know, as we set differing boundaries and we negotiate those differing boundaries and we're continuing to evolve those differing boundaries, just the feelings that come up, you know, as I referred to a little bit earlier, that experience of grief and loss that, you know, 
that FOMO feeling, we never really quite get over that. That that can be a very adaptive feeling, um, especially for those of us with anxiety and who are tempted to sort of step out of life or not do the things that um, might challenge the anxiety. But fear of missing out can be wonderfully motivational in a lot of situations. This is not one of them. (laughs) Fear of missing out or feeling like you're missing out or actually missing out on things because, you know, it's not a safe situation for you or your children or... You know, it's not the boundaries that you and your partner and your family have negotiated. It doesn't make it less difficult. It doesn't mean that you don't feel seven years old all over again on the playground or, you know, 16 years old or 15 years old and everybody else is at the party. That's just how it feels. And it feels pretty awful. And so again, I circle back to these ideas of really needing to be gentle and kind with ourselves in those situations and not, um, as people in my field like to say, should all over it ourselves about how we're supposed to be feeling, but rather say, wow, I'm really sad about this. I'm really grieving about this. This is such a bummer that I don't get to go and do those things right now. That will change, but right now I just need to feel sad and be with the loss of this opportunity. And what we call that is naming it. And I know it sounds silly and maybe even like extra therapisty, but the fact is when we name our feelings, something changes about them. They're no longer sort of this amorphous, weird, swirling thing in us. It's like, okay, this is what's coming up for me. I think this is also really helpful to name it in person, you know, with each other. Um, you know, when something is different, even even if it's a mutually agreed upon boundary, um, we're doing things like no longer hugging, no longer doing kisses goodbye, no longer touching. Um, you know, the other day I had my son's birthday party and I actually said to him okay so when we we blow out the candle on your cupcake we're gonna move it away from your friends because you can't blow in the direction of your friends and I kind of looked at the other people who were there only two other people there and said because we say these types of things in 2020 (laughs) it's just a weird situation it's just a sad situation And we don't need to just put a brave face on it. It can be so much more helpful and nourishing to actually name these differences and the ways that they're difficult. Um, You know, the first time I started doing this was going to visit my family and, you know, being masked and doing all these sorts of things. And then saying, as we were leaving, um, you know, this is the part that really sucks. This is the part that feels really wrong to end this visit and not embrace, not um, sort of physically wish each other well. And, um, you know, I keep naming that because it still sucks six months later. It still feels weird six months later. 
I think that's a good thing that it still feels weird. I don't want to become too adapted to it, to be honest. Um, but naming it really does help me feel better. And I think, um, normalize and, and sort of take away some of that, um, resistance to the pain of this situation. So I'm right here, uh, at the, under the 30 minute mark. I really hope that some of the discussion here about boundaries is helpful and supportive to each of your mamas who are working to set the boundaries that work for your life and are keeping you and your family safe. I know it's so difficult out there and this is a moment that can be hard to tolerate and this is a moment that we still can tolerate at times. So I'm here with you mamas, setting my boundaries, figuring out as I go along too. And just know there is a whole community of mamas out there struggling and figuring it out and screwing it up every single day alongside you. I hope we feel that connection to each other and I hope all of us are able to stay safe and take good care of our loved ones and ourselves. So that's it, moms. That's the last bite for today. But in case you're hungry for more, head on over to the Mama Bites website. That's M-O-M-M-A, Mama Bites website, and stream more of our podcasts. Or find them anywhere that you find your podcasts. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play. And don't forget to stop by Instagram and definitely come on by our Facebook group, The Mama Bites Lunch Table. We'd love to have you there. And until we meet again next time, remember, motherhood is a long journey. Don't forget to pack some snacks. <laughs>